Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Knicks 
101 to 87, where the Knicks came out in black and orange, not not blue. They didn't wear the blue and orange that we're normally used to. They wore black and orange, basically had a stronghold on the league uh, all game long, in which Julius Randle finally shows up and had a 25-point effort and 12 rebounds. I feel like this is more like a redemption situation on the way that he did not close out the season last year, the way that they played so well. Uh, throughout the season of the 2019 going into the 2020 season. Um, and they ended up playing the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Hawks actually took care of business and got rid of them, um, in which this this definitely didn't show how things work. And I think as the season progresses, we'll see if the Knicks are stronger or what they were last season, including uh, the news of hearing Derrick Rose having ankle surgery and uh, the timetable, I don't have the uh, information on, but he will be missing some time due to the surgery. And it depends on how much uh, IQ and Kemba Walker can hold this situation down uh, within this uh, organization here in uh, the Eastern Conference. The next game I do have is an interesting one. The Milwaukee Bucks win their matchup up against the Celtics, 117-113, in which Giannis has returned from the health protocol situation, uh, battling like I just said, up against the COVID-19 scenario, uh, comes up with a huge block at the end of the game to kind of preserve the win uh, in beating the Celtics. The Celtics are now sitting at 16-17, a game under 500. The Bucks are 22-13. and 13. Giannis finished this game with 36 points, 12 rebounds and 5 assists. And Jason Tatum had a 25.99 rebound, uh, 4 assists as well in a losing effort. Uh, Giannis is back on the scene, and now he has another gun alongside him with Boogie Cousins, a.k.a. DeMarcus Cousins. So this should be interesting to see if they can get this thing to work cohesively, if I'm saying that correctly. And um, going back to, like, being the stronghold on the Eastern Conference, because right now we have another team that's sitting atop the Eastern Conference, hoping to see if they can stay up there, stay true to the form, or, uh, you know, why somebody else kind of knock them off. The next matchup I have is the Golden State Warriors going to Phoenix and winning that game 116 to 107, where Steph Curry had a 33 point night, four rebound and six assist night. Chris Paul had 21 points, six rebounds and eight assists in a losing effort. Um, the Suns are now 26 and six. The Warriors are 27 and six. This actually puts them both at the top of the Western Conference. I really want to see what this Warrior team looks like when Clay gets back and he's soon to return. I hope they don't really miss a step because I want to be honest, as much as I've feared Clay Thompson coming back and being able to do something with this team, it's like he's injured both legs severely. I want to see if he's able to still get the lift off in his shot and be consistent and also be the defensive guy that he once was because that's something that they used him as. Uh, with the Golden State Warriors, but they do have people that have come and pick up the pieces, like a guy like Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has definitely been a key addition to this team as well. So I want to see what Kerr does to keep him intact. Uh, if not, um, how do they squeeze Clay in? Because you know they're going to more or less bring him off the bench. To, you know, the crowd should probably go crazy. And um, just seeing if he's going to start or be a role player off the bench, which – you know, Clay gets too much attention to be a role player, but they're going to have to work him in and give him his minutes restrictions and things of that nature. The next game that I have are the Brooklyn Nets coming across the country, people, and going up against the Los Angeles Lakers, winning this matchup 122-115. to 
<sighs> Sports City, um, you guys have known me for a good duration of time. Um, Sports City has been intact since 2009. Through the ups and downs, you guys know that I'm a diehard Thunder fan. And um, the things that I used to have to go through with dealing with certain people on the roster in Oklahoma City, things of that nature, and through the good and bad, I'm going to fight through these scenarios. But now that this person isn't on my team, it's interesting to watch him now and all that I had to go through while he was with the team, and that being Russell Westbrook. Um, there, There's good to him. I'm not going to say there isn't. Uh, there's a lot of scenarios that he puts teams in that people have to fight through and try to overcome the mayhem that is being played on a basketball court. Um, the hard part about it is, is like, how I always would look at it while he was with the Thunder. It's like, you got to take his good with his bad. So, like, his bad would be his turning over the ball or running into a one-on-four break and trying to challenge everybody and may come up with a bad miss or take a wild shot. And it's like, okay, well, we'll end up getting the ball back somehow, try to turn them over or get a rebound and get that bucket back. But watching him go to Houston and do that, watching him go to Washington and do the same situation, I felt like he would be covered being in L.A. with the Lakers and playing alongside LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, the, the Calvary continues. Carmelo Anthony, another name to add to it. And um, there's games where they win, and he still has interesting stats. He's put up his triple doubles here or there. But then the games that they lose is what everybody focuses on. And I, I have to, like, look at it now because I'm on the outside looking in because I'm no Laker fan. I used to support the hell out of Russell Westbrook, but once he said – you know, I couldn't wait to leave Oklahoma City. It puts me in a different mindset toward him. So now it's like I got to look at him analytically and also, like, kind of remove my fan hat, if you will. Um, his plus minus yesterday was negative 23. He shot four for 20. He missed all of his three-point shots. And this is critical for me as I've seen this go down. The fourth quarter, the Lakers were down heavily they take Russell Westbrook out of the game. They go on a 17-0 run in three minutes. Hold on, I don't know if y'all heard what I said. They went on a 17-0 run in three minutes. After that, Frank Vogel puts Russell back in the game. They're down three, and they lose the game. The crazy part is that they're down three. Uh, Russell has the ball on the top at, near the wing. LeBron James is wide open for three. Now, LeBron has now turned into some jump shooter, which I don't condone, but this is what's happening now. And um, it's either him going to the lane, doing his spin move and finishing at the rim or shooting jump shots. Ru- Russell looks LeBron off, goes to the rim and tries to dunk on Claxton and gets stuck at the rim, a.k.a. Sprite or rejected by the rim. He didn't even get the ball over the rim. The Nets get the rebound, and and the foul game starts happening, and they lose this game. It's unfortunate. I've had people come to me and say that they think Frank Vogel won't make it. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest. I don't think – if this continues, if this continues, I want to be safe and fair for you, Russell. If this continues, Russell Westbrook will be moved by the trade deadline. If this continues. They won't keep him there if he keeps playing – wishy-washy or mediocre. I, I, they're paying him too much money to watch him not be a, a key component other than just him being the powerful, fast guy. Like, everything is fast-paced, and he could care less on who's around him, including LeBron James. For him to look off LeBron while LeBron was wide open, 
is another thing. That time out there, Frank Vogel called, and they're in a huddle. LeBron didn't even come to the huddle how frustrated he was with uh, Russell Westbrook, and Russell was the closest thing to him near the huddle. You could tell LeBron is now frustrated. Um, I want to see how this is looked at upon uh, the Laker organization and the people in California altogether, but this is not looking good, uh, to say the least bit, for the the Lakers. But the Nets pulled this off. They win this game in Los Angeles without Kevin Durant, and they were down heavily. Patty Mills killed them also. Um, LeBron James finished this game with 20, excuse me, 39 Nine and nine rebounds and seven assists. James Harden had 36 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and a triple-double effort back home in Los Angeles as well. The last game I have for the Christmas Day events, the Utah Jazz were in that matchup, 120-116 up against the Dallas Mavericks. The Connecticut kid, Donovan Mitchell, goes off for 33 points, three rebounds, and three assists. Chris Dasporzingis has a 27.99 rebound three assist night in a losing effort up against the Utah Jazz. Um, the one thing about the Utah Jazz that kind of bothers me is that they're good during the regular season, but I don't know if they'll be able to win these games in the postseason. When they when they face a tougher team like the Clippers, like a team that could actually make Donovan Mitchell have to play defense, I think it's trouble for this team. So we will see if they can actually get it done. But night in and night out, the Jazz are going to be a consistent struggle to deal with because they have pieces across the board that are – you know, willing to buy in. But if they get a team that matches up well with them, I want to see if they can win those type of series. That That is what I do have uh, to say. Those are the five games that I do have for Christmas. Uh, looking at the board, I did not see this. I'm sorry. I have my co-host with me, Big Easy. Eric, welcome to the brunch. How are you doing? Good morning, my brother. I am doing great. Coming off, uh, you know, uh, you just touched on it, man, the Lakers. Uh, it's pretty uh, devastating being a Laker fan. And uh, they got more problems than just Russell Westbrook, my friend. But yeah, what a okay, nightmare! So, so, wait, wait, hold on. I let you. I let you say that for last. So go as much as possible. I don't know how much of you heard me run in my mouth, but um, the first game was the Hawks Knicks. The second was the Celtics yeah. Bucks. The third was the Warriors Suns. The fourth was the game that we are mentioning Nets and Suns, and the fifth is the Mavs and the Jazz. Um, I, if you want to start top to bottom, or if you want to go with your boys first, uh, I mean, however you want to do it. No, uh, we you know started off watching the day with uh, the Knicks and uh, pulling off a good win against the Hawks, pretty convincingly. Although the Hawks were without Trey Young, and then the Milwaukee Bucks coming back and winning, and then that great uh, two best teams in the West, in my opinion, the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, and we had a nice little parlay going a small money parlay to win big and the Lakers just had to finish off and uh, watching that game you know LeBron James he thinks he's Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan he's never ever ever going to be on that level he can't make shots like uh, we had a lot of people here watching that game for Christmas and they're like oh yeah look Kobe drains those shots and Jordan all day long Uh, (laughs) LeBron James thinks he's some kind of a jump shooter now it's not working. Go in and attack the basket every play. They can't stop you. You're not a three-point shooter. It's mediocre at best. Carmelo Anthony is pretty much the best uh, three-point shooter on the team right now. And I mean, it's just a lack of talent when you look at it. I, I used to think it was chemistry. These guys aren't their former selves anymore. The Lakers need to rebuild. They need to go young. Anthony Davis experiment, I mean, it's Anthony Davis. He can't stay healthy. That's just the way it is. 
That's the way it's been his whole career. So the Lakers need a complete rebuild and and just start over from scratch and do what the Lakers do, draft and, and get some players, attract the free agents, maybe get Steph Curry, you know, in a few years. He's voiced his opinion that he wants to come play there or wouldn't mind coming to play there for sure. Um, but, yeah, there's just so many problems in L.A. right now, timeless set. I mean, yeah, you look at that game, here goes Westbrook. Uh, missing threes with, uh, you know, 45 seconds left. The Lakers tied the game, and then, you know, he, he misses a wide-open three, and then he just gets stuffed by the rim. So it's just head-scratching all the way around. So, uh, there's yeah, it's you can't just point your finger on one thing. There's there's a multiple array of problems there in Los Angeles right now, and it's hard to watch as a diehard Laker fan. Anything that you'd like to add to the Mavericks-Jazz game before I answer you back on what you just mentioned? Uh, Yeah, you know, um, the Jazz pull off a nice win, but like you said, I'm in the boat with you here. I want to see what they can do come playoff times. They're one of the top teams in the regular season. Is this the year that they can get over the hump and battle teams like Phoenix and the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series? Of course, it's looking like they can now, but we'll see come playoff time. But nonetheless, the Jazz are a force to be reckoned with. Um, one, looking at the situation that you mentioned with Steph Curry, I don't think he will ever leave Golden State. I don't think as much as he said that he would wouldn't mind playing in LA. Um, they're already giving him two hundred plus million dollar contracts twice. This is the second contract that he's had. I don't think he will ever make it out of there unless he retires. If he does, they probably shoot the tires out of his car. The plane won't leave. Like, like every everything is happening out there in the Bay. They won't let him go. Like, Los Angeles is literally going to have to go get him himself. That's the only way I see that happening. Um, second, with the situation with Russell Westbrook, they're going to have to look for a guard right now. I don't know what the Lakers organization is up to, and I'm talking about the organization. Forget just the team or the roster. Uh, they got rid of Isaiah Thomas previously. They brought him back because he's doing well in a semi-pro league, and then he looks like himself. He's five foot eight, and people are attacking him. He's shorter. He doesn't really have that size to slow people down, and that could end up hurting people because now if Russell Westbrook isn't on the floor, they're going to remove him, put Isaiah on the floor. It's, it's basically four and five, or you're going to bring Rondo in where you guys kind of made your, your bad or not even let Rondo get out there and play with or run outside of Russ. Like, this this is a mess right now. There is a key stat that people need to recognize that there has been no team in NBA history, unless LeBron really is the king, and this could happen. I'm not saying that he can't. There's no team in NBA history, whether they're structured well or not, that within 32 games of being played are at 500 or worse. Yesterday, before the game went down, at the 32-game mark, the Lakers were 16-16. and 16. They lost. They're under 500 now as of the 33rd game being played of the season. This is historically known that they would not win a championship. LeBron probably could turn this around. Andy Davis probably could come back and be a spring chicken, even though I feel like he's battling time and, and that injury bug just won't leave him alone. It's more or less just flying around him like a fly on you-know-what. And um, I don't know. I really thought that this would be an interesting year for the Lakers with everybody coming there, having Russell and – Carmelo Anthony, both of these guys not winning championships, that this could be a season that they could get it done. I just don't see it happening uh, as the team is constructed. And I hate to be brutal, 
the way that they're being coached. I, I don't think Frank Vogel is the guy to win them a championship. Everybody was talking about, oh, the Lakers won a championship in the bubble. They won a championship in the bubble. Now it's like, okay, the home and away comes into effect. Where is this coaching standpoint that Vogel has? Is it is it the refereeing? Is the refereeing not going his way? Or is it just the pieces of the Lakers organization that you can't coach at the same time? There's a lot of questions that I need to see be answered while Coach Vogel continues to watch this thing spin or spiral out of control. There, there's no excuse because this team, is, I think, is stronger than, well, as constructed, stronger than the team that they had in the bubble. The team in the bubble, basically, they didn't have to worry about any fans. They basically were in a, a scrimmage gym in Orlando, not having to worry about anything. And uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant meant everything. I think the whole world was hurt, not just the Lakers organization. Everybody kind of wanted to see the Lakers get it done because Kobe was gone. We we were that's beyond a shock. That ain't a shock. That's stunning news. Like that, like beyond anything. They even wore black and purple just to. Represent the the Black Mamba, the KB two four. That like that's still all surreal to me. I I still I, I couldn't stand Kobe. Me and Kobe like going to basketball relationship. I couldn't stand Kobe. As human being, though, it's like I respect the hell out of him. I'm I'm still in shock that I don't think Kobe Bryant is gone. Like knowing that he is gone and passed on to do other things, I don't feel like Kobe's gone. And and the Lakers use that push to get through that you know, that bubble season, if, if that's what I want to call it. And it's like, they don't look anything like that. Even the pieces that they did have, they left. Something had to be going on there. Something had to be going on there. So I don't know whether it's the pieces or the coaching or the organization itself, but they have to get this figured out as soon as possible. Um, Eric, well, one more thing, like Tyler. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, here, um, here's the thing. Watch, watching all those games yesterday and watching games all year long, the Lakers lack that Mamba mentality, that killer instinct. They're out there just playing lackluster. Uh, they got destroyed. Yeah, the, the score was close at the end, but they got destroyed all game by an immensely depleted Brooklyn Nets team. But the difference between the Nets and the Lakers, these guys came out with heart playing basketball. They had guys like Patty Mills step up to help James Harden and then a supporting cast that did what they need to do is play basketball with heart and win games. The Lakers play lackluster basketball from start to finish. You get these little uh, bursts that they do. And it's like, wow, why can't they play that all game? These guys would be, you know, one of the top teams in the league. But they're not doing that. LeBron James is doing his little, you know, spin jump shots, thinking he's Jordan and Kobe out there. It's like you can't make shots like that. Don't try. Do what you're best at, and that's attacking the basket. And it's just it's hard to watch, but they're not playing with that Mamba mentality. They're not playing with heart. Kobe Bryant would be devastated with what this Laker team has turned into. Okay, we do have another Laker guy in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Man, uh Doing that sense to be here, you guys it's Christmas. And I wanna echo everything he said in a lot of ways. I mean I could have a little more but I'll wait till till you tell me to I'm just answering your question. I'm feeling good man, I think. How you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing okay, man. I mean, uh you know, as much as possible we uh you know getting through this holiday season, like I, I just mentioned some of the uh, the games, well, all five of the games that were mentioned, we were talking about the 
the Lakers scenario and how things went down in that game also. Um, how long do we see – I really said that I don't think Russell Westbrook will make it to the trade deadline if this continues. If this style of play continues, I don't see it lasting long for him. But your thoughts? What's crazy to me is he's just not converting. I mean, he's missing layups. He's missing he, – he's missing everything. I mean, crypto is going to become real before he hits three. I don't, I don't know, man. It, it's ugly basketball. Uh, like Eric said, no Mamba mentality. You know, uh, Stanley Johnson's the only guy that I saw yesterday trying to fight over screens and actually trying to fight through them. Uh, I feel like a lot of the year, even guys who have reputation for being decent defensive players like Kent Basemore, uh, anytime people uh, want to run, you know, screen them, it's like, okay, I'm screened. And and this is a you know this is a coach who supposedly hangs his hat on defense. You're right; it's the same as it as it looked even a couple of years ago. Um, LeBron can't do everything by himself, but at the same time, like LeBron's not the same guy either. You're settling for shots. You're throwing things up from three point range. Still turning the ball over. Uh, why are you not Why are you not going inside using your size and taking High efficiency, you know, uh, shots. Why are you not doing high percentage shots and trying to just make sure you score at the rim instead of? Listen, this team came back from twenty three down yesterday, then had turnovers, threw up a couple bad shots, and just went back to uh, went back to the same type of play that they got them in the hole in the first place. Um, they made it an interesting game down the stretch, but. This team, uh, I don't know, I think it has to do with coaching. I think it has to do with players some too. But this team just, you know, they, they don't focus and play 40 minutes of basketball. They're, early in the year, it's a locker room, but there's lapses throughout the year. I mean, throughout the game. Um, and you can't be, you can't be a championship contender even. Or even, even the discussion if you can't lock in and focus for 40 minutes. And we're not talking about a bunch of kids here. It's ridiculous. I think um, there's a lot of things wrong. I think the roster's uh, badly constructed, but I think you're right. I th- I'd, I'd be surprised if the, if the coach makes a trade. That, uh, you didn't say about Westbrook. I'd be surprised if the coach makes a trade that time because at some point, if you try everything else, you got to change the voice uh, maybe on the bench. Like, like I said, if this persists, that's the only way I'm looking at it. If he continues to play porous like this, I don't see the Lakers hanging on to him. It, it, it doesn't make sense to keep him there to pay him all of that money with the way that they're constructed that uh, they continue to take it. And, and uh, I hate to say this, to be a team that don't make it out of the first round because Russell hasn't really done that since Houston. Uh, Houston, he got out of the first round playing the Thunder uh, in a seven-game series uh, where they basically were saved by James Harden uh, getting a uh, – how shall I say, a block. He got a block uh, against Dort for a three-point shot. If that wasn't it, I mean, Dort had the potential to go 50-50 to hit that shot. Other than that, this guy has basically, I want to say the past five seasons, has basically left in the first round other than that effort that they gave in Houston. Um, and I know that LeBron doesn't want to see this because LeBron actually turns, what, 38, 37? He turned 37 at the end of the week. Thursday is his birthday. So it's like, how much time does he have left Carmelo Anthony, I feel like he's in his first to second last season. You know, like he has one or two seasons left in him 
uh, and he's fighting like hell to get to a championship too. Like, there's a lot of things that have to happen right for this Laker organization, as it has been mentioned within the the realm of the barbershop also. Um, there were people that didn't think that Vogel would make it past Christmas. I said that's too quick to pull the trigger on Vogel, which I was right because this is the day now after. But still, um, when do they pull the trigger on Vogel? Do they get through this entire season and see if he doesn't make it? Do they get rid of him? Like, there's some interesting things that the Lakers have to try to survive right now uh, as time goes on while they're still near 500. They're a game under 500, but this could get better. It's going to get better in a hurry. And for it to get better, they're going to have to you know, find a way to lock it and on a run. I mean, it's going to take uh, – I mean, for for anybody to to have anything stored in this team, they had to go on like a – 14 out of 15 or something, something sick, uh, kind of streak that that I don't see happening right now. And I'm a Lakers fan. I'm trying to find the purple and gold um, uh, view, but but right now all I see is blues, man. It doesn't look very good. Yeah, there's no way they can bang with teams. I mean, watching all those games yesterday, the Lakers would have got destroyed by the Knicks. They would have got destroyed by the Bucks. Um, you know, it's just they have no chance to compete with Golden State, Phoenix, or Utah at all. I mean, the Lakers go out there and they're, they have no uh, sense of urgency. They have no passion. I mean, it's an organized chaos. And the tail of the tape with Russell Westbrook, they were down 23 going into the fourth quarter pull him and they make a run and come back. So uh, mm-hmm. if they would have left Russell out during that comeback, the Lakers could have won that game. Cause I mean, we all saw the lot. I mean, when they were tied, he missed that three and then uh, Brooklyn went down there, got a three and then he went up and got stuffed by the rim. And that was the end of the game. So I mean, let's tie him those open and why if you, to your point, yeah. why was he in the ball game? Obviously, the yeah. did all that work without him, and, and even when they come out in that tie game and in that one two point game, because they, they had the spot where that's Maloney hit the three, but the Lakers closed this gap. They went on this run, and I, I'm actually screaming at Mike Holmes, like, why did you put him in the game? Why is he even there? I, I um, I brutally don't get it. How do you? So it's a 23-point deficit. I thought it was 20. So the 23-point deficit, y'all going a 17-0 run within within three minutes, like, and you put him in to do what? What was he gonna do? Like, if, if he's having a bad output in the game, you put him in to what? Get a dunk to get the crowd invited or involved? Yeah. Like, I, well, what was he supposed to do? Uh, and then, and then the late possession, you, you're down three. He looked off LeBron. And LeBron right over for a three, he went to the rim to go catch a dunk and got stuck. Like, it's like, wait, who's going to talk to him? Who is the personality that goes up to him? And you can tell LeBron is frustrated because he didn't even want to be around Russell when that timeout happened. It's like he stood away from him. LeBron's not going to talk to him. Like, LeBron's, like, like, you know, jaded at this point. Like, who's going to be the personality to, to go talk him to fake bad Russ? Russ ain't a bad guy. He acts like it. He acts like he's some tough guy. Russ is not a bad guy. Everybody that talks about Russ says that he's a good guy. So I'm, I'm taking everybody else's word. I'm not sitting here watching everybody else just say, oh, one bad thing about him, but the rest of the world that's played with him say he's a great teammate. But why can't anybody go talk to him? He's the one that has to talk to you. Like, I don't get it. That's, there's a question mark that I have there. So 
the Lakers are going to have to figure this out like now. This can't continue to go on while they're coming into the second half of the season. We're at game 33. There's 82 games this season. There's eight games left before we hit the halfway mark. We're basically there. We're basically there. A lot of people consider the halfway mark being an all-star break. It's, it's after that. I, I mean, well, that mark is after the halfway point. So something has mm-hmm. to give, Whether, like I said, whether it's Vogel or Russ, they need to figure this out now because that's a bad loss to Brooklyn without Kevin Durant. They were losing by 23 without a megastar. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Then, then the other one step up and uh, take that leadership role. I mean, look at the team that Kobe had. He was vocal with all of them. He made everybody around him better. Uh, LeBron James needs to do that. But it seems like he's just, you know, all me, me, me. All he cares about is his stats. It was pretty sad to see uh, yesterday him taking another one of Kobe's records with all-time Christmas. I was like, man, the way the season's going and him taking Kobe's record – I'm like, I was hoping that LeBron James wouldn't even play that game. But, I mean, if he steps up and bees, I mean, embodies what being a Laker is, he hasn't done that. It seems like he's went there to be a glory hound and, oh, look at me, Lakers. But he has not embraced that Mamba mentality. He has not embraced that uh, the Laker legacy, um, you know, going out there and playing hard basketball and playing for championships and competing for championships. Um, he needs to be that vocal leader. He needs to be, I mean, it doesn't matter if, I mean, he pisses people off. See, that's what a leader does. They make uh, people better. Uh, they, they say the things that people need to hear but don't like to hear. Uh, you know, be a game changer. Make the whole team around you better. That's, that's what being a great basketball player is, too. Not only are, can you be a great player, you make your whole team around you better. The difference, too, is, this guy's on the back side of his career, like Thomas said a few minutes ago. Fucking 37, 38 years old this year. So, uh, eventually, you look at him and you're like, you need another guy. You, you need a guy to be a lead guy where you can continue to feel like he's he's still a great player, man, but he's not he's not that anchor or that, you know, he's not in that conversation to me, at least, of, of, Superstar best player in the world anymore. Absolutely not. He's still a very good we player. Were, he's still an all-star he's still an all-star caliber basketball player, but he's not in that conversation of top five in the world anymore. LeBron's getting older, man. Nobody wants to hear it. Everybody wants to jump down his throat. Father Time's undefeated. We talked about that before. This guy's not the same player he was even three to five years ago. So he, LeBron finished with thirty six nine and seven. That's a good game. Like um, I'm giving him credit for that. He almost put up forty. He almost had a triple double. He one rebound, three assists shy. So I, I give him credit for that. But um, you know, like like his his scoring prowess ain't like the ones that we're used to. Like people taking over a game. Um, his scoring is more reluctant, if I'm saying that in its proper gesture. Um. But nevertheless, it, it has to work around him, and this is the team that he picked to put together for them to get to the promised land. To be fair to you guys, before I get away from all of this and move into the thick of things, do you think that this Laker team could get to a Western Conference final? I'll start with you first, Mike. Yeah, 
Mike, are you here? Can you hear me? To a Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I don't want to push the finals on you guys yet. I don't want to do that. I say Western Conference Finals, yeah. Um, not, not right now. I mean, do I think that maybe there's another gear, maybe there's something they can time to figure it out, possibly, but not right now, because of exactly what he just said a minute ago. This team doesn't look like they're ready. Like, super they're ready to compete with uh, Golden State, and we just saw them get embarrassed again by Phoenix on their home floor earlier in the week, and so... Yeah, that's two teams already in the West. Utah's playing quality basketball as well right now. That's at least three that I don't see the Lakers being able to play or beat in a series. And if you're going to make the Western Conference Finals, you got to beat everybody but at least one team in the West. And I just don't see it right now. Do I think it's possible later in the year? Maybe. But you're going to, you're going to show me. Eric, how about you? Uh, can your team get to the Western Conference Finals? Uh, there's no doubt about it on paper, you know what I mean? But uh, that's why we play the games. So just like Mike said, they got to show me. they got to go out there and play meaningful basketball, go out there and have passion and heart. And until they do that, it's going to be a problem. And, and Frank Vogel, I mean, they need, they don't have a consistent roster that they play with. It, it's just mix and match every game. I mean, they got to get some kind of a chemistry and consistent team on the floor you can't just be bouncing guys like that. So, um, and if they do that and start gelling and play with passion, of course they can. But do I think they will with what I've seen so far? I definitely don't. And the way other teams are playing, uh, I mean, it's going to take a lot for the Lakers to match uh, these other teams' intensity and passion. Tom, can I have one more thing real quick? Yes, sir. If you're going to make a with three guys, uh, like, it's such a big chunk of your payroll, and then you're going to fill it in. First of all, you need some youth, too, not just age, but if you're going to have three guys take up the majority of the payroll on your roster, then they have to be on the same page because that's what you're building around. And if you can't get on the same page and, and all find a way to work together as a cohesive unit, then you don't have a chance to it. Okay, we do have a caller in queue calling out of the 404 area code. Welcome to the Bronx. What's your name? What's on your mind this morning? What's, what's up, gentlemen? This is Patrick. Oh, my Good goodness. Morning. The birthday boy. The birthday boy. Happy birthday, huh? Oh, you remember. Thank you. What do you mean I remember? Yo, cut it out. You, oh, you remember me, huh? Well, of course, Tyrone. Come on, man. Okay, so since since. Since you knew, since you knew to the kitchen, you know what I'm saying, or at least in 2021, you ain't been around here in a while. No, we were just we were just talking about your punk Laker team and how how bad it's going down there in Hollywood. So so before before I get into the thick of things of the week, what is it? This is 15? No, week 16. I'm lying. It's, we're in week 16. Um, do you think your Lakers can get to a Western Conference Finals? No way, no how. Oh, three that of them team, said in. Lakers They're horrible. They are absolutely horrible. And the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about is the Westbrook experiment is not going to work. It is not going to get better. Westbrook is a very explosive, energetic player. And I've always said this about Westbrook. 
that people don't even want to acknowledge. And when, let me qualify it. I, I'm not saying the man is by any means unintelligent or anything. He's a point guard. He has no basketball IQ at all. He turns the ball over at an alarming rate. That's like having a quarterback who turns the ball over three times a game. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. He, he doesn't know how to orchestrate an offense. And lastly, I'll keep it short, and this has been Westbrook throughout his whole career. Westbrook cannot play with superstars on the same team. Couldn't play with Durant. Couldn't play with Harden. Um, where else did he go? Washington? I mean, him and Bradley Beal were okay. And he definitely can't play with LeBron and AD because LeBron has a much more cerebral game. It's much more controlled. He understands the ebb and flow of games. Westbrook doesn't. He only knows how to play one way, and it's 100 miles an hour. That's all he does. And he'll get you your triple-double, and he's reduced the triple-double to be almost a meaningless statistic because when you used to hear about it before Westbrook, teams would win when star players had a triple-double. When he gets one, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. He just has a triple-double. And the fact that they haven't had a consistent starting lineup. You look at that game yesterday. Brooklyn hadn't played in a week. Harden hadn't played for 15 days. That's three weeks. Kyrie hasn't even been there. Durant now isn't playing. Uh, Aldridge wasn't playing. Uh, Their number one draft pick wasn't playing. And the Lakers lose. They're not going anywhere. They'll be lucky to make the playoffs. I just, I just wanted to be fair. I wanted to be fair with it. At least they went to conference final. I don't want to push the NBA finals on them, even though like LeBron is like the like the queen piece on a chessboard. It's like he can get where he wants to if need be, but it's a lot of weight he has to carry uh, getting this far with this team. And right now we're nearing the midway point of the season. Anthony Davis is out for another at least three weeks. Um, I, I wonder how they move at the four position and if they're going to play small ball and let LeBron try to do his thing. But now LeBron is older too. You can't put all of this on him this late in his career, no matter how good or great he may be. Like they have to understand that this guy is older now. They can't do that. Have, um, have you guys looked at the last? Have you guys looked at the last eight games? LeBron is averaging over thirty points a game. And they're getting blown out. And 40 minutes. He's, he's, you're telling me you're going to play him for 40 minutes a game? But, come on. The they don't have a the And they're still they do have a that the team around him is, isn't joining his uh, intensity. He needs to step up and be vocal and get everybody on board. Give him a major pep talk before every game. Let's go do this. This is Laker basketball, Mamba mentality. Let's go. I'm about to call up the whole team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook today. I feel like that's an easier said than done thing. But we 
we will see. I really uh-huh. want to see how, how he gets this thing figured out. Um, because Vogel is kind of letting this thing fly by night and, like, hoping that reluctantly they fall into a win. I don't think that's going to be enough to get them where they need to go. They need more than that. I will say this. I will say this. The last thing I'll say is, if you think about it, once you start getting older, you start pushing extra minutes. Like, listen, that's what uh, that's what messed up Kobe at the end of the day. He was playing yep. too many minutes to his age. Okay, so I am going to get into... It's never the same after that injury, too. So, I mean, yeah, you gotta you got to watch out. I mean, when, once you get past 35 and you're playing, uh, you know, 40 minutes, I mean, it's it's a problem. The human body can only take so much. And this is a very physical sport, basketball. So you got to be in great cardio, great physical shape, you know, and you, you, the human body wears down. So if they need him playing you know, 30 minutes a game. He can't be doing this. They need a whole team effort. Okay, so I'm going to get into the week 16 scheme of things. We have 45 minutes left. The caller number is 929-477-2759. Thursday night was an interesting one, um, to say the least. A.J. Brown came back and saved his team's life. Eric, I must give you credit. Debo Samuel is a monster. <laughs> Period. This dude is a monster, man. I don't, I don't know what else they want out of this dude. If he does something else, he's, they're going to have to test him for drug use or something. I don't know. But the, the Niners lose this game late, 20-17 to 17 in Tennessee up against the Titans. Uh, Brown saved his team. Uh, I really don't want to give too much credit to the running game. Uh, Julio came back. But Julio is – I don't want to call him a shell of himself. It's – Julio has to find himself. I still feel like Julio can damage a team, but he's not what we're used to uh, in that game being played. And then there was a mixture of two games that were played yesterday and Saturday. The Packers beat the Browns 24-22. to The Colts were in their matchup up against the Cards 22-16. to I don't know where they're beginning these two games, um, but I'm going to start as they came out. The Cleveland Browns. I feel sorry in saying this. I've been trying my hardest to save face for this guy, Baker Mayfield. You looked horrible yesterday. Horrible. Um, they are 2-5 and five on the road. They're 7-8 and eight on the season. Um, if they went out, they could still finish above 500. The way that he played last night, I don't think so. He finished the game with four interceptions. One of the interceptions that he threw um, clearly made up my mind on Baker Mayfield. There was a route that Jarvis Landry had by himself, the I think it's the corner. I think that was Douglas that caught that pick. He, like, undercuts the route to get the interception, but all Baker had to do was lead Landry. Landry was in a – that was a touchdown. That was a touchdown. They were literally behind the 50, but it was him by himself, and with the way the corner cut that, it would have been a, 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 you know, a foot race to the end zone, and Landry would have been there unless he got caught from behind. He underthrows it. Landry falls on his back trying to slow down because he literally got to step on everybody, and Baker's picked off. And it's like those type of interceptions can cost you, but you ended up throwing four interceptions in a game that you guys know that you need to stay in the hunt in at least the AFC North, at least AFC North. Wild card to be even tougher to see if you guys can hang on. I don't know or think that he can do it, or, or they. Let me not say he. Let me see if they, being the Cleveland Browns, can do it. Uh, just stunning, especially why they made a, a push to make this a game. Um, 
that nine points was in front of them as of halftime. They actually tried to close in on it as of late in the fourth quarter. But it's like, come on, like, when do you guys get this? Like, it's going to be a continuous struggle. I don't think Baker lasts long in Cleveland. As much as I was like, he might be their guy, I don't think it's going to happen. And the next one is the – I think somebody's trying to say something. Say it again, I'm sorry. I think my favorite post that I saw anywhere yesterday on social media was that boy Sirius who said, Dear Cleveland, please sign Baker Mayfield long-term sign every Steelers fan everywhere. Wow. That's critical. Uh, and, and I've been trying my best to, like, save face and stay where Baker may get better. They brought Odell there. That didn't work out. Odell left. And we'll see if Odell gets better in L.A. I really – I'm not fully sold on what – uh, Odell is done in L.A., but we'll see how that goes on. But I don't see Baker leading them to an AFC North championship, let alone getting to a postseason and winning a game. Like like getting to a champion – I mean, we'll get to a playoff run and winning a game and trying to force for a divisional or force for a conference championship. I, I don't see that with Baker. Baker has to go somewhere where there's already fleet receivers around him and he goes crazy or not having the – I guess the media basically Cleveland shouldn't even be so heavily media driven to say the least bit, but it, it's something about it that's just not working out. Um, the next one I have is, and this is puzzling because uh, the way things happen in the season, especially injury wise is uh, the Cardinals where they, they lost the game to the Colts at home. The crazy thing that I'm looking at right here is uh, the Colts are dynamic with Jonathan Taylor running the ball. Their defense has definitely been stout, too, especially at this point in time in the season. But the Cardinals have played so well in the early portion of the season that it's like, how do you guys fall apart now? And does D-Hop really mean everything to that team that he just got there, that these guys are in this situation of, you know, now falling out of the top seed in the NFC and looking like they're going to come into the playoffs, like, completely severely damaged and, might be a one-and-done. I think this is a scenario where they will be a one-and-done team uh, in the postseason. They can't win at home. Their record at home, they're 3-4. and four. While they were 7-1 and one on the road, they played better away from home. I, I, I don't get this Cardinal team or how things go down. Kyler Murray is making some interesting mistakes. He's on a two-game losing streak, losing last week to the Lions and now losing to the Colts at home. Uh, I feel like he should have bounced back in this game. They are limping to the finish line. Uh, anything that you guys would like to add to at least these three games as we move forward, one being the Niners-Titans game Thursday night, the Browns-Packers, uh, the first game as of yesterday, Christmas, and the Colts-Cardinals to be the nightcapper as well. I just think oh, I saw yeah. what I expected. I did not expect Tennessee to pull it out with A.J. Brown and um, – A.J. Brown came back and was good. I thought the Niners were going to win that game. I saw what I expected um, in the other two games because I just don't think this Cardinals team, though they played well at times, you are not you can't keep the quarterback upright. And this Cardinals team's not tough, man. They're a finesse team. And, and the, Colts, the Colts are tough. And, and like the, the Cardinals are going to struggle with physical teams. Eric, I think I heard you trying to say something. Uh, yeah, and uh, just one more thing on that Niners game. Hats off uh, to Tennessee, but they also got help from Jimmy Garoppolo 
Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be better if the Niners want to do anything or do any damage in the playoffs. Uh, he missed the wide open Jusek. That would have made it 17 to nothing. Wide open, overthrew him. Uh, the two interceptions, he could have had three. So he didn't play uh, good at all that game. And, uh, you know, if he would have played a decent game, the Niners would have won that game. They would have been up at least 17 to nothing at half, um, possibly more. And then the Cardinals. Kingsbury needs to get this team uh, ready for the second half. You look at the, his resume, they start off hot, and then he's subpar 500 the rest of the way. Um, so, they, I mean, you, this is a, a long season, and it's better to be turn it on at the end of the season come playoff time than do good at the beginning of the season and then collapse when it matters. So uh, they need to protect Kyler Murray, and they need to, uh, they need to do a lot now because – there's no way they can bang with Green Bay, Tampa Bay come playoff time. You guys are still in the hunt, though, so don't don't give up too much right now. The Niners are still in the hunt too. They are in it. I think the seventh seed right now in the NFC, yeah. so that is something to look at right now. No, yeah, that's fine. Oh. But I mean, uh, we go to the playoffs and get annihilated first round. I mean, come on, you want to, you know, we play the game to win. Uh, consolation prize to me is not the playoffs. So, yeah, but you guys are a scary team. No, nobody want to bump into you guys though. So don't don't, don't just do that. Oh, they, yeah. Listen, Devo Sam was a monster. Garoppolo's being un, underrated. I, I I think they need to give him credit for what he's been able to do. Uh, the start of the season, they were giving him four weeks to be benched. They were thinking Garoppolo would be out Trey Lance there. Trey Lance might not be a starter for the Niners if Garoppolo keeps this up and they get another gun in the receiving core, let alone he played, I think, three or four games without Kittle, and they are in the playoff hunt. So relax yeah. relax in my Rogers voice. Relax. Relax. Garoppolo's doing the best that he can. Um, and then they, they got their receiver playing running back. They, they, they have their receiver playing running back. Like, they – He's, this is this is the first time you've ever seen a they said a receiver lead a lead or lead his team uh, in rushing yeah. touchdowns and receiving touchdowns and every carry and rece- reception he has the lead in the league in all of those so he's leading the league in yards per carry and yards per catch. Devo is a complete animal monster beast whatever <laughs> whatever you want to put there. All they need is another running back and a receiver they'd be fine. So. That that's just the core thing. You just relax. You just you're just a disgruntled Niner fan right now, and I I know because I I know how to speak with my heart too. I would be you're my brother, so I know. Okay, so yeah, it was a heartbreaking let me get to loss. Right, no, I know, I know. I I didn't want to see it go down like that because I I really I really want to see Tennessee play with Derrick Henry. I didn't I didn't want to see them go as far or be as good as they are without him because he carried them for the early portion of the season. And it's like, if they do well, I give the team credit, but it's like he deserves some of that credit too. And he's like lost in translation of what's going on. Okay. So I do want to get to these games because we have 35 minutes left. Again, call the number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. The first game we have are the Detroit Lions in Atlanta up against the Falcons. Both of these teams are struggling. I wonder how this goes down. The Falcons are still in the hunt to make a playoff push sitting at 6-8. and eight. I want to see how you guys feel about this game. Who do you like and why? 
Pat, I'll start with you first. Who do you like, your home team or the Detroit Lions? Um, who are the Lions playing? Where are you? What state are you in? <laughs> oh, they're playing. Oh, they're playing the Falcons. Uh, you know, this is. I don't know. You say the Falcons are still in the hunt. I don't think they're going to make it. Um, they should be Detroit, though. I mean, because basically the Falcons are going to have to move on to Matt Ryan. Too much money on the payroll. Um, they got the best that they could get out of him. He's at a point in his career where he's not going to get better. Um, getting rid of Julio created a huge drop-off for that team. And um, they're, they're just going to be, you know, they're going to be 500 best with what they're working with. But they should be Detroit. I would expect that. And I think uh, Jared Goff may be ruled out. They're starting Boyle at the quarterback position. Also, moving right along. Eric, who do you like in this game, Lions or Falcons? Well, Timeless, if Goff was playing, I'd go with the Lions here. Um, You know, their record, they're a lot better than their record. They've been playing tough football all year long, losing games, you know, by three points. Uh, so, and they had a convincing win over the Arizona Cardinals, 30-12. to 12. Uh, The defense got after Kyler Murray. Jared Goff was hitting receivers, no interceptions, three touchdowns. So uh, I would like the Lions in this matchup, but since he's not playing, just like Pat said, the Falcons should beat the Lions. But you never know which Falcons team you're going to get. So, But I, I think they're uh, fighting for their playoff life, and they'll get a win today. You never know what Lions team you're going to get. You don't know. They beat the Cardinals, one of the best teams in the NFC. We will yep. see. Mike, who do you like in this game, Lions or Falcons? Which which team are you going to see? Are you going to see the Lions or are you going to see the Falcons? Because <laughs> you don't know what team you're going to see. Uh, I, I think if Matt Ryan's playing just with the experience of the quarterback position, I'm going to go with the Falcons. But I'm going to say, even if they're mathematics, I'm going to that he's not making the playoffs. Uh, the Dirty Bird will be grounded come January, uh, for sure. But I think the Falcons can win today. Yeah, I don't trust Boyle either. I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one. If Goff didn't get hit with this COVID protocol, I think this is a situation he was rolling. He actually started getting stronger with the offense. I think this is an uphill battle for the Lions to go on the road and win this one, even though the Falcons are 1-5 and five at home. They won the remainder of their games on the road. The next matchup we have are the Baltimore Ravens up against the Cincinnati Bengals, in which the Ravens are playing without Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is still out battling the ankle injury. I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Who do you like, Ravens or Bengals in Cincinnati? You know, the Cincinnati beat them convincingly in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Uh, now, they struggled a little bit after that, but and, – and let's give credit to Kyle Tyler Herman has not played that poorly at the quarterback position, but I think Cincinnati wins this ball game and gets a sweep over Baltimore this year. Okay, Eric, who do you like in this game? Ravens or Bengals in Cincinnati? Uh, I'm going with the Bengals here. Uh I think uh, they're working with the third-string quarterback today. I think Tyler Huntley is not available as well. 
And so the Ravens had Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase are going to be way too much for them to handle. Cincinnati is on a high right now. They're going to be going to the playoffs, and uh, I think they're going to win convincingly today. Pat, who do you like in this game, Ravens or Bengals? i got to go with the home team. Plus, it's a divisional matchup, and even though that quarterback for Baltimore is playing really well, um, I just think the Bengals are the better overall team. And uh, it should be a close game, but I think the Bengals will pull it out. They both are eight and six. They both are respectively three and four in both situations. The Ravens are three and four on the road. The Bengals are three and four at home. This this couldn't be so much more of a mix up that I've ever seen in my life. Um, the Bengals have the tiebreaker after beating the Ravens real bad in Baltimore earlier this season. I'm gonna go with the Bengals to get this and finally get over the hump to push the envelope, at least pushing toward a playoff bid. If the Bengals lose this game to the Ravens, I think the Bengals are completely out of the playoff run. And I could care less if they're eight and seven; it could win out. This is this will be one of those like gut punch type of losses if they lose to the Ravens, especially with their third string and it's not Lamar Jackson or Huntley. So, I'm going with the Bengals to win this matchup at home, protect their house. I don't know about the seven; that seven could be interesting. I think that's what Vegas may catch a lot of people. The next matchup we have are the Rams going up against the Vikings. This is in Minnesota. Uh, the Rams are respectively in the playoff picture. The Vikings are fighting for their playoff lives. I am actually going to go with the upset. The Vikings protect their house. I go with Minnesota to win this game in a close one. I feel like this is going to be a barn burner type of game, though. Um, but the Vikings win this game close, uh, one possession game. I'll come to you next on this one, Eric. Who do you like, the Rams or the Vikings in Minnesota? This is a tough one, Timeless. I, I kind of want to roll with you on this one because the Vikings are fighting for their playoff life, but I think the Rams have too many weapons. Cooper Cup is going to be hard to stuff, and uh, I think the Rams get it done in a shootout. Okay, Pat, who do you like in this game, Rams or Vikings? Uh, I like the Rams. I think they have too much firepower offensively way too dynamic, and uh, their defense is good enough to where if they get a lead, they can maintain it. Mike, who do you like in this game, the Rams or the Vikings? So it's interesting because you're right, the the Vikings are fighting for their playoff lives. To me, this is a chance for the Rams to make a statement that, yes, we can be one of the elite teams in the NFC, Uh, and I don't know. Uh, You know, (laughs) I don't trust Stafford, but I'm going to say the Rams find a way to get it done today if you're out on on the island by yourself picking the Vikings today. And so the Vikings win, and you you can tell us all if you're right for sure. But uh, I think the Rams can do enough to win this game. So I'm I'm fine. Believe me, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. You want to know why? I'm a mom of the Vikings fan. I'm going to do it. And I'm not doing it because of her. I just feel like if Dalvin Cook can get to a hole every time he runs the ball, I feel like they'll be chasing him a lot. 
um, as, as long as Aaron Donald ain't dominating the line scrimmage, which he can, Dalvin Cook went off that last game. I feel like they can do this to this Rams defense. This Rams defense has actually been playing great as of the early portion of the season. They have slowly declined closer to the finish line. And Justin Jefferson is a monster. I know Jalen Ramsey will probably be trying to shadow him everywhere he goes, but this is this could be an incredible matchup. I, I definitely want to see it happen. I, I'm going with the Vikings. I, I could be on this. I don't know about myself. I, I am comfortable in this skin. Believe me. The next matchup we have are the Buffalo Bills going up against the New England Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The last time these two played were a couple weeks ago in which it was so windy that you couldn't even attempt to try to throw a pass. The Patriots threw all of three passing attempts and beat the blood out of Buffalo in Buffalo. I don't know if this gets better, as this probably be an opportunity for Josh Allen to throw the ball. Uh, Eric, I'll come to you first on this one. Buffalo or the Patriots, who do you like in this matchup? Uh, I like the Patriots. They're playing some inspiring football. You can't go against Bill Belichick. Uh, they they have a time. I mean, they have a chance to legitimate chance to come out of the East as champions, and not only that, go to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC. So no one would have really thought this at the beginning of the year. Mac Jones, are, and they're going to get back in the winning column this week. It's going to be a good game nonetheless, but the Patriots are going to be too much for the Bills. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Bills or Patriots? You know, I'm going to agree with Eric, and I think you look at this, the Bills running game has been suspect all year long, and so you're already giving uh, you're already giving Belichick a little bit of an advantage because there's one thing that you're not doing very well, and so I think that uh, that allows him to tilt the field a little bit more. Uh, I and then you look at the Patriots and they're also getting Devin Harris uh, back today. Uh, the running back, not Devin Harris, what's his name? Uh, yeah, the, the Harris, the running back. Yeah, Damian, you're talking about Damian Harris, right? Damian Harris, that's what I'm looking for. My bad. Yeah. Uh, you got Damian. You got Damian Harris back today, who has been pretty played pretty well this year when he's been on the field. So, you know, I look at that and I just think the Patriots find a way to win, especially at home. Um, and I think that listen, even if they end up making the playoffs, I think that uh, that's going to be disappointing for the Buffalo Bills. But I, I just think, you know, I don't, I'm not going to bet against Belichick in that division. Okay, Pat, who do you like in this matchup, the Bills or the Patriots? It's in Gillette. Belichick factor. They showed some absurd statistics about Tom Brady against Buffalo. I was watching the Tampa Bay game because I'm in the southeast. And in his career, he's like, 30 and 3 or something like that against the Bills. And guess who was his coach in all 33 of those games? Belichick. I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo won, but I wouldn't. No. Belichick is just. He's just. He, the guy is just too crafty, man. He figures teams out. He does it very quickly. Uh, he knows how to play possum coaching-wise in games, give teams the impression that something that they're doing is working early, and then 
he'll just cut it off, and it just completely throws teams off. So, yeah, um, New England. I am going with the Buffalo Bills. I feel like this is a game where they can throw the ball. They they have to make this team be honest. If the Bills lose this game, I don't trust them. I mean, they still may be a fortunate team to get to the postseason. I think they could be a one and done. I don't think they'll get back to a championship game if they lose this game right here. There's been too much losing this season, including losing to a team that we're going to mention in a little bit. Um, but I, I just don't feel strong about the Buffalo Bills that they don't have a running game. Their running game is their quarterback. The two running backs that they do have running the ball are not running efficient enough to be a championship caliber team. And I mean Super Bowl championship, not just the AFC championship. They got there last year, but they lost. They have to be relevant to be able to drain the clock when they need to, even in the game up against a team that's owned their division for the past two decades. They could not beat them off of three passing attempts. They need this game right here, right now, for Josh Allen to get his confidence back to be one of the, the people that led MVP talks all season long. If not, I'm not buying the Bills any longer. They can do as good as they can. They get to a postseason game and run as best as they can. I don't feel like they're the team to beat. I'm going for the Bills to win this game in Buffalo. I mean, excuse me, in Massachusetts. If they don't, I'll have a different discussion throughout the week. Stay tuned. The next matchup, like I said, I'll be talking about this team right after the Bills because this is one of the teams that they – I think they lost – no, they lost the one. Uh, the Jaguars are going to New York up against the Jets in an interesting matchup where both of these teams are trying to find themselves. The Jags are 2-12 and 12 visiting the Jets that are sitting at 3-11. and 11. I will come to you first, Pat. Who do you like in this one, the Jags or the Jets? Oh, jeez. Flip a coin. Um, <laughs> I can't even elaborate on these two teams. Uh, who's at home? The Jets are home. Who's at home? I'll the Jets. New York. New York. This is a tough one. This is tough. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this game, Jacksonville or the Jets? Man. Uh I was looking at the slate of games this week, and the Rams-Vikings is one of the toughest games to pick, and this was probably second on my list, uh, just because um, you could almost see both teams trying to find a way to lose this game. Uh, I think I'm going to say Jacksonville somehow finds a way to win on the road, so they both end up with uh, with matching records at the end of the day. Eric, who do you like in this one? Oh, I'm sorry. No, you said they're both That's off, my bad. No, 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 no. I, did, I, I thought you were finished. Um, Eric, your, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like, Jaguars or Jets? Yeah, I like the Jets at home. You know, it is kind of a coin toss. But uh, the thing that, uh, you know, worries me about Jacksonville, other than James Robinson, they haven't had too much uh, anything consistent going on offense. Their defense has played really well, but their offense, they can't get any points. So, and the Jets have started to, you know, find an offensive identity a little bit. Zach Wilson's playing a little bit better. So, I think the Jets win at home. I am going to say Jacksonville wins this game on the road up against the Jets. Uh, I kind of hate to be mean. I don't even feel like I'm being mean in saying this or just using this as a standpoint, but 
Coach Robert Sally is out battling the COVID also. I don't know if his presence is going to be a miss for the Jets while he's out. Uh, the Jaguars have not won on the road. That is something to watch, though. They are 0-6 on the road. They won all their games in Florida. I'm still going with the Jags to pull off their first win on the road uh, while the Jets are without their head coach on the sideline. There's another interesting matchup coming into this one. I'll go first on this one. NFC East matchup of the day. The New York Giants go to Philadelphia in the link up against the Eagles. The Eagles win this game. They keep their hat still in the mix of a, a playoff picture. The Giants are fighting for more or less, let's just say, draft positioning, sitting at 4-10, and 1-6 and six on the road. Uh, the Eagles are 2-4 and four at home, but they're 7-7 seven and seven on the season. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'll be actually fair. The spread is 11. I think the Eagles cover the 11. That's right. They cover the 11. I am not sold on Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is the starter. Um, I'm hoping that somehow, somewhere in this game, if Jalen Hurts don't get it, to get Minshew in the game involved early. Don't wait until the second quarter or second half to try to insert him if Hurts isn't getting it uh, done up against his Giants defense. I'm not saying that the Giants defense is bad, but they'll be on the team, be on the field a lot trying to hold things together. I'm, I'm going with the Eagles to pull this one off. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Giants or Eagles in Philadelphia? I like the Eagles, especially at home, but I feel like that offensive line is playing uh, pretty good quality uh, football right now. I think that Jalen Hurts is finding things on the ground. I think he can make enough plays with his arm. Um, I think the Eagles win and win convincingly today. Okay, Eric, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like, Giants or Eagles? Eric, can you hear me, Giants or Eagles? Yes, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles roll in this one. Okay, and Pat, last but not least on this one, Giants or Eagles? Eagles at home. Okay, the next one is an interesting one as well. I'll come right back to you on this one, Pat. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or Cam Newton and the Panthers in Charlotte. The spread is 10 and a half. If you want to have fun with the spread, you can, but who do you like in this matchup and why? Tom Brady or Cam Newton? Oh, I would take the 10 and a half, but just across the board, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. So you would take Tampa Bay as well, giving them 10 and a half too, right? No, I would take the 10 okay, and okay. I wouldn't give it. Okay, so, so Tampa I mean, okay, straight, up, okay, straight up, I would, you know, I think Tampa's going to win the game, but if I'm betting mm-hmm. in an NFL game, 10 and a half, and that's like 30 in college. Okay, we will move on from that. Um, Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Brady or Cam? Brady bounces back. He don't, he don't have to see Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport and David Onyemata and those guys that, that harassed him and shut him out last week. Uh, listen, uh, Brady takes that personal. I, I expect him to take some of that out on Carolina today. But I am curious to see, without Godwin, 
you know, is, is Evans going to play today or are we still without Evans? What does it look like without those weapons? I still think they have enough to get it done. Um, but I agree. I, I don't know that I would uh, – I wouldn't lay all those points. Okay. Uh, Eric, who do you like, Bucks or Panthers? Ten and a half, uh, the Bucks are favorited. Uh, yeah, I actually think the Bucks will cover that spread. They're going to come out with a vengeance today, and uh, Carolina is going to be on the other end of that. So it's unfortunate, but Tom Brady and the Buccaneers get right and roll. Yeah, I agree. Also, I am going to go with the ten and a half as well. I think the Bucks get it done across the board. Cam Newton has to prove to me that he's an NFL quarterback. I hate to call him out right now. I wanted to see him back in the league. I didn't want to see him at home and have to retire that way, not playing football, no farewell party. But as of him coming back, he had that one game against the Cardinals. After that, he has not won a game. He is really looking like they that a lot of these teams made the right decision in leaving him alone. And this is Tampa Bay after being shut out. They were shut out. I'm, I'm going with Tampa Bay and giving them 10.5. I think this is a two-possession game. I, I feel like this could get messy in their home field. The next matchup I have is the Chargers up against the Texans. Um, I'll come to you first on this one, Eric. Chargers or Texans, it's in Houston. The Chargers are favored by 12 and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that point spread. I think they can. I definitely am going with the Chargers here. Justin Herbert has been playing great football in his first two years, and the Chargers get it done and continue their quest for the playoffs. Okay, Pat, who do you like in this game? Chargers or Texans in Houston? Chargers, easy. Chargers, all day. Mike, Mike, who do you like? Chargers or Texans in Houston? The spread is 12 and a half. I won't say anything other than Chargers. we got more games, but Chargers roll today. I don't know about that. That's a lot of points, but Chargers win convincingly. I'm going Chargers, and I will go with them with the spread also. I just don't know if Houston's quarterback play is strong enough to put up a lot of points while this Chargers team has really been playing well. Depending on what Eckler looks like, it seems like every game something he's nursing. But um, nevertheless, I I like what the the Chargers can do offensively. The next one we have are the Bears up against the Seahawks, up against the 12th man in Seattle. I'll come to you first on this one, Pat. Bears or Seahawks, who do you like? Seahawks. I don't trust the Bears. Seahawks. Okay. Mike, who do you like, Bears or Seahawks in Seattle? This is a disappointment bowl. As both of these teams have really underachieved this year, uh, I told people the Seahawks could finish last in that division. They're 5-10 and 10 right now. And I understand they missed Russell Wilson for three games, but that's still not very good. Um, But I think the Seahawks win at home today. Eric, who do you like in this one, Bears or Seahawks? Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks at home. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm going with the Seahawks as well. I'm not saying that the Bears can't pull off an interesting upset. It would be interesting to see it go down. But I feel like Russell still has a little shock value left into him to at least try to make this look better um, in their favor by seven. I don't know about the seven. I feel like it'll be closer than that seven, but I'm going with the Seahawks to win this one. The next matchup we have are the Steelers going into Arrowhead up against the Chiefs. This is interesting for me. The Chiefs are without Travis Kelsey 
I still am going to go with Mahomes and Hill to try and blow the doors off of this secondary as much as possible, even though I want to see Ben get to another playoff run before he retires because this is his last season. I'm going Chiefs, though. Um, I'll come right back to you, Eric. Your thoughts on this one? Steelers and Chiefs in Arrowhead. Yeah, even without Kelsey, this Chiefs offense is still uh, explosive, and uh, I think it's going to be a long day for the Steelers at Arrowhead, Kansas City. Okay, uh, Pat, your thoughts on this one? Steelers or Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs, overall, they're just a better team, and their defense has been playing lights out over the last about six weeks. Chiefs. Mike, who you like, Steelers or Chiefs? All I needed to see was Tariq Hills coming back. And once I thought he's healthy, I'll take the Chiefs. The next matchup we have are the Broncos versus the Raiders. Somebody in here is going last because they are a fan of the team. So, Mike, you're going first. The Broncos or the Raiders, who do you like and why? This is a tough, tough game to pick especially with, uh, I'm guessing that Drew Locke is playing quarterback this week uh, for Denver after Bridgewater's Mm -hmm. injury last week. Uh, I just think that right now Denver has it a little bit more together than the Raiders. Uh, This is kind of a lesser of uh, two not very good teams right now. Um, I'll take Denver. Okay, Eric, who do you like in this one? Your home team up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Who do you like and why? Yeah, if Bridgewater was playing, I'd definitely go with Denver on this one. But uh, the Raiders are fighting for their playoff lives. They're coming off that uh, win, impressive win, comeback win against the Browns. I know it was only the Browns, but the team went out there and had heart and got it done. And I think that continues today. Okay, I'm going to also go with the Raiders. This is an interesting game, but I I don't feel comfortable with any Broncos team without Teddy Bridgewater, to be brutally honest. The Raiders have to try and make this better to get to 500 on the season at home. Um, Pat, who do you like? Uh, I don't even know how to say this to you. Your rival Broncos or your home team Raiders? Uh, Broncos. Whoa. I've thrown in the towel. I've, I've thrown in the towel on Derek Carr. Is he's he's done as far as being the Raiders quarterback, he's done. This was his year to show his leadership capabilities and it's just not there. This guy is in year eight. Um, I watch their games and he still makes some of the most terrible throws I've ever seen. Uh and you know, when he made his comment after the Browns game, he goes, you know, I hope this jump starts us. Uh, dude, do you even realize what stage of the season that we're in? You're 14 games in, and our starting quarterback is talking about getting jump started. Really? Yeah. He's not mentally tough. Um, and the knock on him coming out of college was his ability to stand in the pocket in the NFL. That has proven to be true time and time again. 
He's not going to get any better. Don't trust the Raiders, and I definitely don't trust Derek Carr. He can put up great numbers, but it means nothing as a quarterback that you can't win games. That is stunning. That is stunning. Why you guys have a stronghold on the game? I'm, I, I would have figured different. The night game is the football team up against the Cowboys. Who do you guys like and why? I come to you first on this one, Mike. Football team or Cowboys? Cowboys. I just think they have a little bit too much for the football team. Uh, Pat, who do you like in this game? Football team or Cowboys? Cowboys, it's their division to win, and if they're going to be taken seriously, this is the type of game they got to win. Eric, last but not least on this one, football team or Cowboys? Yeah, I'm going with the clean sweep here, also with the Cowboys. Divisional game, they're going to, you know, get the division title today after tonight. Cowboys roll. So I agree also this is a clean sweep. I'm going to go Cowboys as well. The football team are dealing with injuries, and Terry McLaurin, one of their strongholds at the receiver position, is dealing with something also. And um, Gibson is questionable. Hopefully he'll play. But there's a lot of lingering things lasting with this football team to go further. I think the Cowboys take care of business. Last but not least, as we close the doors on the brunch, the Monday night matchup, the Miami Dolphins are going up against the New Orleans Saints. I need plugs and closeouts from each of you, starting with you first, Pat. Your thoughts on this game? Dolphins or Saints, to give me a plug and closeout as well, Sagittarius. Um, Dolphins and Saints. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. Um, Even though the Saints played really well against Tampa Bay, that's a division rival. Those games can always go either way. Um, I just think they're going to have a hard time with Miami. Um, No plugs. Just uh, thought I'd drop in on you guys, see how you were doing, talk a little sports, and uh, I'm out. I'm still awaiting my soul food dinner, man. I was told that last year somebody went into hiding. They got into a witness protection program, and I couldn't find them. They got funny on them. But it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Eric, you already know what to do. I need a plug and close out, but also your thoughts on this game. Dolphins or Saints, Ian Book is the starter. Forget Simeon. Forget Taysom Hill. James Winston, we know, is done for the season. They are at their fourth string in this matchup at home. Give it to me, bro. Yep, I'm going with Tua and the Dolphins here. Uh, they got too many weapons, and uh, they're playing really good football. So I'm going with the Dolphins on this one. Hopefully everybody out there had a great Christmas. Much love and respect to all my chefs. Thank you for all the listeners and supporters out there. Check us out, sportscitychefs.com, all the blogs, the merch, and all the shows. Everybody have a blessed day. Okay, last but not least, the Saints fan himself. You tell me how your boys get it done in the Superdome. You know, uh, it'd be real easy to take the Dolphins, but I'm not going to do it. Ian opens the book on his NFL career. He he doesn't have to do a lot. I think that defense uh, is going to play pretty well. 
I think somehow I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, you know I'm just gonna wear my fleur de lis and my black and gold and say somehow who that nation finds a way to ride on Monday night and pull it out and stay in the playoff hunt. Uh, real quick, as far as the closeout goes, man, much love and respect to the big homie Thomas. Without him, I wouldn't be here. I appreciate uh, being part of the Sports City Chefs team. We've all got all kinds of shows. Check out the website and the merchandise. Also, man, at the barbershop, we over 4,000 and continuing to grow. So come join us. A lot of the personalities you hear here, uh, you can check out over there on Clubhouse uh, in the barbershop. We are, we're still growing. Uh, 4,000 strong and growing and continuing to so come be a part of the barbershop family there and much love to UTP and all the other chefs and thank you for having me they 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 born tone who they bro. I am going to go around this situation Mike is on the island alone just like I was in the Vikings game I'm going with the Dolphins to win this game Ian Book has to prove to me that he could deal with the NFL defense I haven't seen him since the preseason or college with Notre Dame, SportsCityChefs.com. That is the website. Go get the merchandise. You heard me right. Um, you already know how this thing go down. It's sports for all of us. Merry post-Christmas to everybody out there. Happy family day to everybody out there enjoying themselves. But you already know how we getting busy. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Uh-huh.